Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady, and my co-host, Lou Weiss, just dashed into the studio in his cape, flying back in the wind, so... He made it at one second till. <laughs> That's cutting it pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. The intro's running and, and loose seating. So. <laughs> uh, you can see the police cars out in front of our uh, building. <laughs> yeah, waiting for you to come back out, huh? <laughs> yeah, they are. They, they chased me all the way down Route 80. <laughs> Well, we'll have okay. uh, we'll have an interesting chat with Norbert Orr, who's director of surveys for Strategus Research Partners and Strategus Securities LLC. Norbert, uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us about the purchasing managers indexes from eighteen different countries and some regional surveys in the U.S. Uh, all of these reports so far over the last four or five months have been very upbeat. Is that consistent with what you're seeing, at least for the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. The U.S. is the strongest, but there's some others that are contenders right now uh, that we can look at around the globe where we see uh, just uh, economies coming back. Uh, they're learning to live with the virus. Uh, not to say that the problem's gone away, but uh, uh, certainly we, we're seeing a lot, a lot of things to be positive about. Uh, particularly uh, with November and December generally being pretty good, strong months anyway. Well, that is encouraging. Um, one of the things that Lou brought up, and we generally try to pick a, a continent and talk about that continent first, um, I'd like to go to South America, and in particular Brazil. Is it the IHS Brazil PMI index that you look at, or do you do your own index for Brazil, Norbert? Uh, it's the IHS index that we look at. Uh, what I do is I, I try to pick from the ones that I know have the most credibility. Uh, for instance, there, there's one other small index in Brazil, but it, it's really meaningless. Uh, and uh, it just, just doesn't have the information out of it. Uh, Taiwan, I like their information because they have a very complete survey, and it's broken down by subcategories very well. So different ones have that, uh, and we use uh, uh, ISM is affiliated with the International uh, uh, Materials Management Association. So if they have one and it has all the right characteristics, then we, we'll try to use those. So, uh, Norbert, how are you this, uh, this month? Do, doing, doing well, Lou. Thank you. Good month. Good thing. Uh, yeah, all the numbers, as Tim pointed out, are really, uh, really terrific. And uh, you know I have some kind of a weird fascination about Brazil. And they seem to be like one of the strongest countries in the world right now. Uh, however, uh, in talking to 
the All Metals and Forge Group sales department, who handles uh, Brazil, they say something about our the dollar versus the Brazilian currency. Uh, that there's an issue there. Uh, well, the the uh, uh, currency differential, you, you're, you're getting a weaker real uh, against right. a stronger dollar, so the dollar buys more. And uh, they would be correct. That's one of the things that uh, uh, the, uh, is noted in that survey, that uh, the dollar is going further and getting more value from that. Okay, but it looks like uh, that uh, in, uh, manufacturing down there is uh, improving significantly. Yeah, l- let me let me just kind of touch on uh, highlights uh, that come out of that uh, because I think it's sure. a, it's a good topic, frankly, uh, for us to be talking about. Uh, first of all, the PMI came in at sixty six point seven, up from sixty four point nine. And that's the highest reading that we've seen in that index since it was started back in 2007. Uh, obviously, no history beyond further back than that, but uh, uh, it's a good indicator. And so, you know, I have to ask the question, how did, why is it that strong? And I think the big difference was, you know, uh, the virus and the shutdowns in the U.S., were a two-month event. It started in April and May and was in recovery. And we talked about the V, and we got a very uh, short V, if you will. Well, Brazil, that same period went about four months. And so it came back stronger because it stayed down, you know, uh, uh, for, for every action there's a reaction. Uh, if you have a long downturn in the economy, you get the way to that's the way to get good numbers when it comes back. Right. So that, that's the way yeah. that pushed, uh, you know, with that. Uh, so, secondly, so. Uh, the uh, health of the sector since data collection started in February of 2006, as we mentioned. The upward movement in the PMI reflected sharper growth of output and employment in particular. So production picked up, but they also saw a pickup in new orders. New orders and production, as you well know, have to go together. If you, if you burn production, you're going to hopefully replace it with some new orders, uh, et cetera, and, and vice versa. And so those numbers look good. Uh, supplier deliveries also strengthened, and that's an inverted index. Uh, so uh, it, it also contributed to the strength of the PMI from that. So it was uh, it was very positive. Uh, and one of the comments was, while currency depreciation helped to improve the competitive competitiveness of local markets in international markets it pushed up prices paid for imported items. This coupled with raw material shortages saw manufacturers' expenses rise at the fastest pace since data collection started. So uh, the second dynamic, they were benefiting uh, from uh, getting more orders, but they also were uh, having to pay more for raw materials, components, and so on. Okay. That that all being said, 
Brazil being one of the highest countries in the highest numbers in the uh, South America and Central America and so on. Adversely, Mexico is having some serious problems. Mexico is having some very serious problems. Uh, the numbers uh, came in at 43.6 this month for the PMI for Mexico. And uh, the uh, next closest to that was 49.8 for Australia, which is little change taking place in Australia. Uh, but Mexico has uh, uh, had a, a real struggle because of the virus. And uh, I think uh, that 30-foot wall is probably uh, – uh, Playing havoc with their supply, their informal supply chain, if you will. Yeah, yeah underground yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. next president will the next president will finish the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the other thing sure. I I would say, Lou, with regard to uh, uh, Brazil, to just kind of finish that topic, uh, the business activity index, which is uh, uh, are you getting a lot of quoting activity? Are you getting a lot of uh, 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 orders that you wouldn't see normally? That that type of thing. Uh, well, that's in that's, in terms of their uh, services sector. It, the PMI for that came in at fifty two three, not as strong as manufacturing, but that's why we pay so much attention to manufacturing because. Right, right. It's it, it's all when it's strong, it's stronger than services. When it's weak, it's weaker than services. Right, right. So it, it looks like that they're going to be good for a while, at least through the end of the year. Yeah, particularly uh, with with the virus. Uh, you know, uh, the economy economies do better based on. Uh, you know, the fear of a recession is much worse than the recession itself. And same thing here, where um, the fear of the problems and everything else that they're contending with from the virus is much worse than it probably will wind up being, and particularly uh, with the announcement of the uh, um, Moderna uh, vaccine this morning. Uh, that certainly uh, the stock market. I don't know whether it made it to thirty thousand or not, but uh, it was knocking at the door very strongly of hitting thirty thousand. Well, there's a lot of confidence out there in the money market. Evidently, you know, as <laughs> we 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 uh, well, we we've seen uh, gold weaken, uh, so. Uh, most would say there's a good chance that we'll have a, a pretty strong run into 21 and a good year in the year of 21. From your lips to God's ears. So does that count for Japan as well? Is there uh, 48.7? Uh, I think it does. Actually, I, I'm seeing where Japan is starting to do some things that they, they've put off doing in terms of cleaning uh, up problems with their economy, uh, everything from insourcing when they should be outsourcing and outsourcing when they should be insourcing. 
they've had a real struggle getting their supply chains right. Uh, uh, Mr. Abe, uh, you know, retired. Uh, and so you see uh, uh, the change in philosophy a little bit. Uh, so I, I think it's reasonable that we would expect to see Japan uh, do better. And, you know, the old thing about a rising tide raises all boats. Uh, yeah. Japan doesn't have long to go to get to there at 48.7. Uh, they, the, the trend would definitely be that maybe even in November they could hit 50 or just above 50, which would be uh, for them uh, the first time in quite a number of months that uh, they, they've had to uh, they, they have, have, uh, struggled to get Above fifty. How's uh, how's Europe doing? Let's uh, let's give a little fifth continents a little cheer. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, Europe uh, is not quite ke- keeping up with the U.S., but it's certainly looking better. The overall eurozone PMI was fifty-four point eight, and uh, the strength in that was. Uh, uh, Germany, which came in at 58.2, and right. uh, the others, uh, Austria was at 54, Italy at 53, Spain at 52, and the others were below the average from that. So uh, Europe is looking better, but they're also talking about another shutdown. Uh, if they do that, they're they're going to have to go through this whole cycle again to try to rebuild the confidence in the economy. Speaking about uh, shutdowns, uh, today on the uh, U.S. news, uh, it seems as though uh, states by states are beginning to fall by the wayside and they're shutting down. Yeah, that's that's kind of frightening. Uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, uh, the the... the problem that I've seen so far with the virus is the the, uh, the people who are experts aren't really experts. They develop a theory around yeah, whatever right. it is whatever it is they want to do and then they throw it out there and say well uh, th- that's the way it is. If we uh, shut down then we, we don't get the right results. Uh, the biggest thing is the I, I think the uh, anticipation of a vaccine will keep uh, uh, a number of these states that are looking at shutdowns from doing it. I mean, all they have to do, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what, what South Dakota has done with their bikers <laughs> rally and uh, that type of thing. What matters, to, what should matter to New Yorkers is what Florida has done. Is right. they can they can pick up and uh, go to Florida and uh, not have any of the problems they're talking about comparatively, and uh, so I, I think there's a real uh, attraction uh, that the states that are doing well here in Georgia, uh, frankly, we're uh, going about our business pretty much the way we want to. Uh, if you go in a store, they expect you to wear a mask, but they don't. But but they do allow you to go in the store, and they do allow you to stay. 
and in some instances, if it's uh, uh, tighter quarters, they, they may only allow a certain number of people in. But generally, that's not an even an inconvenience. inconvenience. So sure, it, it is sure. possible to do that. And uh, personally, I'm opposed to uh, uh, closing down the economy. Uh, uh, we, we we talk about taking care of the uh, uh, people that have the least and trying to help them and, and subsidize and, and do all those things. But at the end of the day, the people that struggle most from a shutdown are the poor and uh, the ones that that don't have a good income or lost their jobs. Uh, you know, they'll never make, they'll be lucky to make up in their lifetime what they've lost in just a few months. Wow, that's, uh, that's very true. That's very true. Um Noticing uh, some of the uh, states in, in this country, there there seem to be, well, what do we got, 50 states, and there's 44 states that are now expanding in their COVID uh, numbers. Uh, right. And, and I guess that's what's now driving the shutdowns um, that uh, I've heard about over this past weekend, uh, as well as today. Uh, it seems as though, uh, as you put it, uh, doing complete shutdown would really hurt this country. But then again, uh, what are we going to do about those who become infected, ill, and die? Uh, well, uh, that's obviously nothing that's pleasurable to any of us uh, that we have that. We know there's some craziness in the numbers uh uh, to be able to uh, to to do that, uh, the, the you know the number of hospital beds seems to be more of an issue. Also, keep in mind that all the major viruses that we've had in recent enough medical history to say we knew a little bit about it, uh, none of them has had been uh, eradicated by a complete vaccination. No, that's true. And so there's a point at which uh, you you run out of steam with the virus, if you will, uh, and so it, it doesn't move uh, through the population as much. This second wave, if it is indeed a second wave, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, that's what will hit. But uh, it uh, tells me that science isn't science when there's, 50 different opinions on every topic. Well, that's what sounds almost like economists. Well, you're in the business where engineering is engineering. If it calls for a two-inch uh, segment in the, in, in, the, in the forging or whatever, uh, yeah. they're not going to give you an inch and a half. They're not going to give you two and a half. You expect, because it's a science, that you're going to get two inches. Right, uh, right, right. That's exactly right. We'll we'll have to see. Well, Norbert, if the Chinese were looking for a way to screw up our economy, they certainly found one. How's theirs doing? Well, theirs is doing quite well, Tim. Uh, If we we look at uh, their their data, the CFLP index is at 51.4, and the Kaishin index is at 60. 
3.6, both respectable numbers, and in their economy represent probably something greater than 6% growth. And uh, so they're, they're doing quite well uh, throughout all of this. And, uh, uh, you know, they're... they're they probably have more invested in the U.S. election than the rest of us uh, because they they need uh, they need to have the American consumer available to them for them to maintain the kind of numbers that we're talking about. Even though their exports are uh, sorry, their exports are only about what two percent of their GDP. Uh, I don't know on a percentage basis exactly what it is. Uh, two, two sounds right. I, I thought it, I would think it would be higher than that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. We've changed those numbers around recently with the tariffs and everything else. Uh, that's that's been a problem. So maybe one of our listeners can uh, send us an email to info at mfgtalkradio.com and tell us what percentage of exports comes to the U.S. out of China, and we'll see what kind of answers we get. Probably because it's experts, et cetera, we'll have uh, numbers from 1 to 100, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way things have been lately. Yeah, that, that always makes it interesting. Uh, I, you know, I don't. I'm wondering because we, we're moving through COVID, and manufacturing keeps humming along. Uh, their numbers are up, obviously not pre-COVID levels, but nonetheless well into recovery. Um, are there other than COVID, since the election is now behind us? Are there any other headwinds out there, Norbert, that you anticipate? Not really. Uh... I think we have the opportunity to have a nice run in 2021. I think there's uh, earnings. You know, uh, Wall Street Street is all about profit, and uh, we've got a lot of businesses that are uh, doing well when it comes to profit. You know, this recession has been all about, for for, uh, the top end of the spectrum, it's done really well through all of this. The middle, uh, mid-sized companies have not done as well, but have done a fairly decent. The smaller companies are the ones that take the hit. And again, that's why I'm against a shutdown. Is we we got to give the small businesses an opportunity to catch up, give some of these uh, uh, provided try to salvage some of the businesses and industries that have really fallen on hard times because of this. Well, you make an interesting point because I have friends who rent apartments in California and they essentially have been under either a rent freeze or a rent abatement. And if they're not saving money to pay the rent whenever that lifts, uh, they could be facing six, seven, eight months of rent due um, sometime in 2021, or Governor Newsom is going to say, ah, you don't have to pay your rent, forget about that. And then the landlords are going to go ballistic, and they could have a real crisis out there in terms of cash flows. And you're right, the little, the little guy gets hurt, 
the weaker pocketbook gets hurt the most. Uh, I don't know how that's going to recover well overall. Yeah, I, I think uh, California is going to be, you know, they have a, a, an exit problem also. Uh, I did a, a good bit of work out in uh, Idaho uh, last year, and uh, uh, most of the People in uh, California or in Idaho that are relocating are all coming from uh, California. You know, uh, there's some people that keep statistics on uh, uh, utility trailer issue uh, rentals. And uh, what they find is if you want one going from California to Idaho, uh, you pay big bucks for it, but they'll almost... uh, charge you nothing in order to get one going from Idaho to California because they can't get the inventory back there. Uh, so, <laughs> it's an interesting point that you bring up. I mean, you're talking about Idaho and California. Um, I, I'm in New Jersey, and uh, I'm 20 miles from Manhattan, and real estate in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey, the infamous Bergen County uh, wealth pocket, is doing such an extremely well job in increasing uh, uh, real estate valuations because there's a there's a herd of people that are leaving Manhattan that you know they want out they're selling out the prices have dropped uh, and they want the easy living and less contagion area of uh, New Jersey. So that's uh, kind of an interesting event that's happening here. Yeah, there's still uh, much of Manhattan is still shut down. Oh, yeah. And uh, and looks like it's going to be, it's almost like uh, uh, they've got a death wish for Manhattan, the the things that are are happening to it and so on. Uh, You know, with uh, Strategus, our offices are in New York City. And uh, we've we've tried to reopen two or three times, and every time say, well, if we just wait just a little bit longer, it might be that much better. Uh, so I I, I we, we uh, we're looking at it may be as late as April before we re- reopen that office. Well, the um, the schools in Manhattan. Uh, or New York City, uh, just opened, reopened today. There's 350,000 kids going back to school full-time. However, I suspect that if it reaches that 3% uh, figure of uh, 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 contagion, that they're going to close down probably in the next week or two. Oh, it's it's almost like they're looking for an excuse to do it. Uh, yeah. One of our grandchildren is in uh, Pensacola, Florida, and uh, he's been back in school now for uh, I guess a month. And they have shields between the desks. They've taken all the precautions, uh, done everything they can possibly do to make it safe, and it's been safe. And uh, well, that's good. So it can be done. Uh, you know, uh, riding the subway back and forth to school is probably more of a danger than being in school. You're right about that. <laughs> probably. probably. 
you know, I think the cost, though, of putting up plastic uh, uh, dividers between desks in a New York City of 350,000 kids versus Pensacola is a big number. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't doubt that at the same time, uh, you know, uh, on a percentage per student basis, it probably would cost you about the same thing on a per student basis. Yeah, probably. Probably. To do that. Yeah, very likely. So, Norman, if the U.S. is going to do well in 2021, and it looks like China will do well in 2021, um, will all boats rise, including Europe that has some struggle areas in South America? Or is there something else going on in each of those separately that's going to prevent them from having strong economies? Well, if you were if you were betting with, with the... Uh, uh, betting websites or whatever, you probably would say that the U.S. is, is looking really good. China looks very good. Uh, there's a lot of catch-up that needs to take place in Singapore. Uh, you know, we're already forgetting that ch uh, China has completely taken over uh, Hong Kong in spite of their promises and commitments for how they would uh, treat Hong Kong for for that, uh, and uh, that that's a, a challenge from that. But uh, Europe, uh, uh, as Germany goes, so will go the rest of Europe. And Germany is starting to come back, and uh, Europe will trail that. But uh, uh, they'll keep uh, they'll they'll keep uh, growing. Uh, we're much stronger than where they have been so, through through most of this year. Now, the other okay, thing so you've got going on in Europe, Norbert, is don't we have a drop-dead deadline on December 31st for Brexit, and it's going to look like a hard Brexit? Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> there's there's so, so much of this. One of the things that uh, I find fascinating is we tend to, to take everybody's offer uh, that they make in every circumstance, and, and want to want that to be a concrete offer that definitely is is positive. Whereas negotiation in your business, negotiation in my business, is more about trying to manage expectations. And so, quite often, offers aren't really as firm or as soft as they would appear to be. You know, at the end of the day, the U.K. and the European Union have to get along. They're too important to each other. It's, it's, uh, right. It would be like, it would be like uh, not, not quite the same, but it would be similar to the United States and Canada. Canada has, has uh, it, its security, its uh, e economy, everything is dependent on the U.S., and we are dependent for them to, as a good ally and a good customer and somebody who shares many of our values. Uh, so very difficult for us to separate, uh, even though we're not, uh, certainly not, uh, you know, a legal Brexit situation or a legal uh, connection that, that we're talking about. It's simply the geography is such that you've got to bring it together. 
Well, talking about Canada, their, their numbers came in uh, this past month at fifty-five uh, five, uh, and it's uh, actually weakening a little bit. Uh, what do you see in the near future for Canada? As the uh, U.S. goes, so goes Canada. Typically, yeah, you know, uh, though, uh, Lou, Canada is is all is a manufacturing country just like we are. Mm-hmm. But we're more today into uh, intermediate goods and finished goods, whereas Canada is still stuck in the raw material economy. And so right. uh, when we do really well, they do well. Uh, they never quite, uh, they, they don't top us, and certainly the, uh, the, they, uh, they benefit from our relationship, but not as much as we do. Well, they still like us, and they're nice people. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I love Canada. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> well, Norbert, uh, we appreciate you joining us each month and kind of giving us an update on what's going on in the various countries around the world because it's you know, it's, it's not all uh, one economy, but it's all one interconnected economy globally for sure in this day and age. So thanks again for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Norbert. you be well. Stay safe. Thank you. Take care now. And, and we'll be talking with Norbert Orr again next month, who is Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus Research Partners and Strategus Securities, LLP, I think is correct, not LLC. Um, and if you want to see more or listen to more about the show, come to mfgtalkradio.com, where we post all of our podcasts. And if you want to find these podcasts plus another, I don't know, Lou, 150, 200, swing over to jacketmediaco.com and you can see all of the podcasts that we have. Uh, actually, actually, we're around 600, so but I won't, uh, I won't fall so for that. We're close. Uh, <laughs> and you'll find links to Manufacturing Talk Radio, this show, and the WAM podcast. Talks about empowering women in manufacturing and business. Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, an economist who talks about manufacturing and the economy. Where's Willie? William Miller traveling around the country talking to us from production floors. I don't know how much traveling he's doing right now, but nonetheless, he's staying in touch with the production people. Full time with Amy Nicholas, who talks about that work life balance and Hazard Girls, women in non traditional fields. We've got some new podcasts coming up. Stay tuned, and thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.